Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Folds, and I'm here to give you the headlines so you can get caught up quickly. You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Monday, June 21st, 2021 in the Gregorian calendar and the 11th of Tammuz, 5781 in the Hebrew calendar. Today, New Yorkers are getting ready to cast their ballots for New York City mayor and other positions around the city. You can bet that I voted as well, even though in just a few days I am scheduled to be moving on over to Israel and claiming my new and secondary citizenship so that the next time we have an election... I'll be able to vote. Now, let's get to the news. All right, now this story is a big one, and it is sweeping the internet. Rumors are circulating that a shipment of Pfizer vaccines sent to the Palestinian territory in the West Bank, coming from Israel, were set to expire on June 30th, leaving 10 days for distribution. Well, that is true, and we're going to give you some more of the facts there. The Palestinian Authority, which is the governing body in the West Bank, says they intend to return 90,000 of the 100,000 vaccines given to them, even with Israel's assurance that the vaccines are identical to the ones that they are giving its own citizens. Now, I want to tell you that this 100,000 installment, this is just one of many. The Palestinian Authority is set to receive more than a million vaccines. No word on where those missing 10,000 doses are going to, however. So, like I said, they sent over 100,000. The Palestinian Authority says that it is returning 90,000. Did not give an explanation as to what is happening to those other 10,000. I am interested to know. The PA states Israel stalled delivery of the vaccinations until it was too close to their expiration date, making them unusable. However... The Israel Health Ministry is adamant that the expiration dates were known about and agreed upon ahead of time. The vaccine doses are part of a deal made between the two parties that in exchange for receiving some doses now, the PA would give over later shipments of the vaccine to Israel. We reached out to Dr. Manfred Green, the director of the International Public Health Master's Program and professor of epidemiology at Haifa University, to get his take on this situation. He broke down a lot of facts for us and told us some things that the media is not covering. Dr. Green says the media has been referring to this transfer of vaccine as a donation from Israel, which he says is incorrect phrasing. This is a business transaction, which he says favors Israel since the state will be receiving newer vaccines later down the line. He says, and I quote, I believe that Israel has a moral responsibility to donate at least 2 million doses of new vaccines to the Palestinians to make sure that at least their high-risk population is vaccinated. It also makes sense in terms of preventing the spread of the disease in this area and elsewhere. In this issue, I believe that the Israeli government has failed. End quote. Dr. Green says the date on the vaccine bottles says June 2021, but if stored correctly, would likely last longer than stated, 
but most people take a conservative approach when injecting vaccines and try not to use them much after the date on the bottle, which in this case, the date on the bottle is June 2021. We also reached out to Palestinian physician Mustafa Barghouti to get a Palestinian perspective on the matter. We're waiting for his response and we'll update you tomorrow if it should come through. Tensions remain high in Sheikh Jarrah as clashes between Palestinian protesters and Israeli security forces continue to wreak havoc in the East Jerusalem neighborhood. Palestinian media report protesters launched fireworks at IDF forces who were sent in after reports of rioting were surfacing in the neighborhood. This particular uptick in violent confrontations in Sheikh Jarrah coincides with the recent incendiary balloon attacks by Palestinian terrorists in Gaza against nearby Israeli towns. The bomb balloons were sent over the border and torched 30 acres of farmland last week and prompted the IDF to send retaliatory Israeli airstrikes as a response. The situation is similarly tense in the West Bank, where thousands of Israeli right-wing activists plan to hold 14 simultaneous marches to protest Palestinian seizure of land in Area C, which is Israeli-controlled. In response, the Arab party, The Joint List, wrote a letter to Prime Minister Naftali Bennett imploring him to stop the marches. The Joint List argues that the marches are not protests, but rather deliberate and strategic provocations and referred to the flag marches and violence in Gaza as proof. Settler leaders did not hold back in a joint statement, declaring it is the duty of settlers to, quote, do everything legally passive to stop the savage Arab invasion of Area C, end quote. However, the settlers are not the only ones taking a grassroots approach with protests in the West Bank. Over the course of the last two nights, Arab rioters burned tires and shouted near the Eviatar outpost outside of Beta, a village in the West Bank. The outpost is considered illegal Jewish building that the right wing wants authorized and will be one of the 14 locations for settler marches that are set to take place this afternoon. The IDF Deputy Attorney General for Judea and Samaria, or the West Bank, says it was absolutely built against the law and that it was built at a time of high tension, which wasn't a good idea. The buildings are set to be evicted by Israel, and dwellers have seven days to get out. These are Jewish dwellers. A group called the Samaria Regional Council has submitted a plan to legalize the outpost, and they hope that this will stall out their eviction. On Monday, the Israeli government loosened some restrictions on goods and mail entering and exiting the Gaza Strip. The decision comes following a meeting between defense officials the day before, who agreed to allow agricultural and textile exports to leave the Strip. Under the new regulations, Gazans can now export agricultural goods to the West Bank and overseas, but not to Israel. However, the laws do permit Gazans to export textiles directly from Gaza into Israel, and that was due to a special request from an Israeli textile company that works with a Gazan supplier. More than 5,000 authorized passports held by Israeli mail are set to be released as well. Haaretz reports those passports are sitting in Ramallah in the West Bank and that they are soon to be released and sent into the Gaza Strip to their owners. Israel's easing of trade policies seems unusual since there's been so many violent exchanges between Gaza and Israel, yet the ceasefire is still in process. So basically, there's been a lot of violence, but there are some things that are being seen as peaceful, like 
sending these passports over. International critics say Egypt and Israel should not be blocking Gazans from coming in and out. But both Egypt and Israel say that they have to in order to keep the Hamas terror group from expanding and causing death and destruction in their own countries. So that would be in Egypt and in Israel. We have a new paid subscriber to the Israel Daily News podcast this week, and his name is Dave Gitlin. I am so thrilled to have his unwavering support. He's always engaging with us on Instagram, and he's really interested in our growth as a company, so much so that his lump sum contribution directly funded the creation of our new website, which is currently under construction. So if you want to get onto our mailing list, send me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or to my email because our mailing list, usually you can get on it by going to our website, but our website is down. It's been down for a couple days. It's going to be down for another couple days, and we are building a new website, and when you go to our website, you'll be able to input your email address and get automatically put onto our mailing list. We send out a newsletter. It comes out on Monday mornings, bright and early, with all of the news from the week, plus updates about the Israel Daily News podcast, our special investigations, and the Cliff Notes version of our interviews with links to all of that stuff in case you don't know where to go. So send me an email at shannafold at gmail.com if you want to get on that. That is S-H-A-N-N-A-F-U-L-D. My name has two N's in it. And I'm very sensitive about that. If you're getting caught up on your Israel Daily News, send over a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash Israel Daily News slash support. Subscribers will get a handwritten thank you note to let you know how thrilled we are to have your support. Thank you so much for your interest in being up to date on Israeli affairs. Israeli politics are world politics. We have... One central link in the show notes. Now, if you're looking at a podcast screen, if you're on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you're listening to a podcast, click down. There's probably three little dots. It'll open up underneath the name of our show, and it'll give you the show description, right? It'll say the three top news stories in writing. Underneath that, you can click on a link, and that'll take you to the page where you can send us a contribution and feel good knowing that you're supporting independent journalism. You can also support us by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Two, you can share the show with a friend. And three, you can follow us on social media at israeldaily.news as well as Shanafold. That's S-H-A-N-N-A-F-U-L-D. I'm encouraging all of you that are listening to go on to Apple Podcasts and throw in a review. Some of our reviews, we have quite a few, but they're from months past, and I'm looking for some new ones. So if you could do that, that would be great. Last night, Prime Minister Naftali Bennett announced that Israel would step up COVID-19 testing and restrictions at Ben-Gurion Airport amid fears that the highly contagious Delta variant is starting to spread in Israel. The enhanced coronavirus regulations include increased enforcement of quarantine for arriving travelers, another testing facility at the airport, and a signed declaration from all travelers that they have not visited any high-risk countries. 
The new restrictions arrive in the wake of a meeting between Bennett and top health and transportation officials surrounding concerns over the Delta variant. This is a strain that originated in India and officials are worried about it in Israel. They argue more oversight was needed, especially after thousands of travelers at Ben Gurion Airport were allowed to leave the airport without what was supposed to be a mandatory COVID screening on Friday. So many passengers came in that day that there was an overload to the testing facilities and they ended up walking out of the airport untested. Outside of the airport, the health ministry is considering returning to the mask mandate for all public indoor spaces, including schools. Last week, 11 kids tested positive for COVID-19 at a school in Modi'in, forcing 90 other students into quarantine. The episode fueled fears that coronavirus data fails to account for countless asymptomatic children who could potentially be keeping the pandemic alive in Israel through their spread. As of last night, there were 287 active COVID cases in Israel, including 46 confirmed cases in the past 24 hours. I'm going to repeat that. As of last night, there were 287 active COVID cases in Israel, including 46 confirmed cases in the past 24 hours. Now, the health ministry must decide if Israel must return to a more defensive approach against the virus after officially removing all indoor mask requirements last week. Haaretz has a very cool archaeological piece in the paper about how Egyptian pharaohs during the late Bronze Age were importing loads of copper from what is today Israel and Jordan. This was about 3,200 years ago, just in case you don't know offhand what, what time the Bronze Age was. The research highlights a part of Egypt and the Mediterranean's history that hasn't been written about much. The study comes out in the Journal of Archaeological Science. The report's focused on four funerary artifacts dated to around 1010 BCE. The statuettes, as they are called, were uncovered at Tanis, which is a city in the Nile Delta. The statues can be seen at the Israel Museum in Jerusalem. The statuettes are mummified figurines that were often put inside of Egyptian tombs and were meant to serve the deceased during their afterlife. Better those figurines than me. I am not serving in the afterlife. I'm serving right now. Well, that is it for today's show. Today is Monday, June 21st, 2021. Tel Aviv has a low of 22 degrees Celsius and a high of 30 degrees. That's 71 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 86 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News Podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Podcasts or wherever you hear your podcasts from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out from throughout the week. Thank you to Brandon Karp and Sophia J for today's political stories. Thank you to the loyal Benny Forstad, who is our cultural reporter, who is going to be away for a couple of months. He's going to hopefully return to us as our cultural writer at the end of the summer. Thank you to Farrah Fold, who's with our team as a business development intern, and Michelle Milner for her social media work. Michelle, you save me. I'll send you off today with 
Makom Prati by Idan Tamler. He released this new single one week ago today, and we at the Israel Daily News podcast were super excited to promote it. There were some other press that came out with interviews on him and pictures on him, but, you know, I think we were among the first. He says this song is about finding a place where you can shut off the world around you and focus on the things and the people you love. He wrote it with the help of Asaf Averbuch, who also produced the song with him. Tamler is an Israeli-American singer-songwriter and former finalist on Israel's X Factor. He's currently serving as the chief cantor of the Great Synagogue of Copenhagen in Denmark. His debut single, Makom Prati, is available now on all streaming platforms. Enjoy, have a great and productive day, and an excellent week. בין צפיפות הבניינים עד קרן שמש שתגן על התמימות ששם בפנים הזיקוקים של הילדות עברו לזיכרון ישן אורות גדולים שנשרפו מה נשאר לנו עכשיו? תגידי את, האם עדיין יש לאן לרוץ? רוצה למצוא מקום פרטי Oh